Ladies and gentlemen, sit back, relax, and buckle your seatbelts. It's time for your weekly ride along with the Bikes on Bikes. This is Drive By. Welcome, welcome. I am Mike J. He is Mike S. We are the Mike's on Mike's. This is the Drive-By Wrestling Podcast. And Mike, welcome back, sir. What up? I'm back like a herpes outbreak. <laughs> oh, it's funny you bring that up because that's literally all I can think about now. It's funny that I brought that up because Jade Cordell recipes. <laughs> yep, I, I saw it once I saw that she was in action, I was like, oh, herpes. Uh, so this is going to be an ongoing thing, kind of like the actual disease. Mike, let's get right into it, sir. NXT, uh, look, we, we dropped the ball last maybe month or so, right? Maybe even longer than that. We weren't really uh, maybe doing our part as podcasters, and let's see how this goes. We took notes, guys. Hopefully you enjoy this better, because fuck Bleacher Report. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot better us just cutting them out. Just done. It's just us looking at our own shit uh, with our own notes. No, like, outside. We're not going to have to be like, Bleacher Report gave him a fucking B+. But I think, no, nah, man, fuck all that. It's just us now. <laughs> all right, so here we go. NXT opens with Balor in the ring cutting a promo about how he beat Pete Dunne, he beat Kyle Riley, he beat Adam Cole. Of course, this leads to uh, Karrion Cross and Scarlet coming out to the ring. Uh, uniquely, they play a slightly different version of the song when he's just coming out, not getting his grandiose entrance, which I kind of like. Uh, Cross says that they both know, or he he knows they both had to take care of their own business before this could happen. Uh, they go back and forth, and eventually Scarlet says, I've seen this before, I've seen this in the cards, both of you draped in gold face to face with each other. Uh, cue the NXT Tag Team Champions coming out to talk shit about how Pete Dunne is the one who deserves a shot and how Pete Dunne can beat Finn Balor and they know that he, that he can beat Karrion Cross and, you know, yada, yada, yada. Scarlet goes out and uses her, uh, let's just say her wildly woman ways to convince them to put their tag titles uh, on the line tonight against Finn Balor and Karrion Cross. Okay. So, got a solid match. Yeah, our main event is set. Uh, had me really curious about where this was going to go, and it went in, I think, all the right places. So next, uh, in the night, we get Loomis versus Austin Theory. Uh, they go to Austin in the back after Loomis's entrance. He's on an iPad talking to Johnny and Candace, who are not there. He's kind of questioning why he's, why they're not there to support him. Johnny tells him, look, this is part of your therapy, man. You gotta go at this alone. You gotta get over this Dexter Loomis thing. Remember what he said about your abs? I still love the way. I love how they're doing all of this. Um... This was a decent match. At one point, Theory thinks that Loomis is, like, making up to him. I used air quotes, because uh, that's what's in my notes. And, uh, <laughs> of course, Loomis uses this to his advantage and puts a submission on Austin Theory, gets the choke out, gets the win. 
Um, I'm sure this is eventually going to lead to a Johnny Gargano uh, North American title defense against Loomis. I mean, clearly that's where we're going with this, right? That seems to be, um, I mean, obviously, we're heading into a, a mania. It seems to be like it's going to be a takeover match. We're heading into a uh, two-night I'm guessing night takeover, two. I'm so. guessing night two. Yeah, I we well, we got matches shaping up. Uh, maybe we'll have to have like a little. I don't necessarily want to do a prediction on what the card is, but we might have to break that down as we get a little closer. Uh, let's see. So next, we're we're back near uh, Regal's office, uh, where the attractive blonde chick who dates Vic Joseph is uh, trying to get a word about this tag title match and if it's going to happen or not. Uh, McKenzie, that's her name, McKenzie. <laughs> uh, Chompa, Chompa interrupts her and says that Timothy Thatcher isn't there and he thinks it's because of Imperium. Um, says that he can play that game too and then looks at her and says, have you seen Alexander Wolf lately? And then says that just let Imperium know when that bell rings, there's only going to be one of them I'm going to have to deal with. Uh, so pretty cool promo. Champa kind of showing that psycho killer side of him, which we all love. And this rolls this this episode of NXT Mike just kinda had that flow to it. You know what I mean? Where they will sometimes pace these shows so well yes. that you kinda by the end you're like, Well, that's it. And not in a bad way, but in a way like shit, I thought there'd be another hour and we already got through it. Like, the exact opposite of how Monday Night Raw is? Yes. The exact <laughs> fucking opposite. <laughs> so next we roll into Adam Cole walking to the ring. Um, he's gonna go give a promo, tell everyone what he's thinking. Uh, he comes out and says that until last week, he wasn't even mad at Kyle. He just didn't need him anymore. Uh, which was fantastic wording. Regal comes out and tells Cole that Kyle O'Reilly hasn't is not cleared. He wasn't cleared last week, and because of their little confrontation, O'Reilly's neck is even worse. I think they should probably check on that nasty-looking elbow. Uh, his neck is even worse. He doesn't know when he's going to be cleared or when anything's going to be able to happen between these two. And that he's banned from the building for everyone's safety. Next, of course, O'Reilly shows up on the video board and is in his car telling Adam Cole that he knows everything about him. He knows where he lives. He knows where he buys his video games. Uh, I kind of wanted him to say, I know where your girlfriend works, but he didn't. <laughs> I oh. really wish he would have put that in there. Oh, that would have been fucking uh, hilarious. That would have been, been great. It would have been great because it would have popped both you know, groups of fans. Um, but he says, you know, I'm going to find a way to hurt you. Uh, Cole's pissed, walks off, he's yelling at Regal, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so let's see. Next, we're getting a backstage interview with our new women's tag team champions. Uh, we'll talk about that at the end, don't let me forget. Uh, I know, we, we gotta catch up on some things we missed talking about last week, Mike. Uh, Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon, and they are challenged by Robert Stonebrand. Uh, Aaliyah and oh, Jesse Kamea. Oh, I just thought of something. Uh, a couple weeks ago, when we were talking about Jade Cargill, um, mm -hmm. <laughs> I believe that I said she was married to Brandon Jacobs. Uh-huh. She's married to Brandon Phillips. Brandon Jacobs is an NFL player that, as far as I know... Does uh, not have herpes. Does not have herpes and has helped me win a couple fantasy football championships. So, I just want to say, 
apologies to Brandon <laughs> Jacobs. <laughs> but none to Jay Cargill. But Brandon Phillips is who Jay Cargill's married to. And <laughs> he the one that got the herpes. So Jay Cargill <laughs> probably got herpes from Brandon Phillips, not Brandon Jacobs. Brandon Phillips, All- the Major League Baseball player, not Brandon Jacobs, the <laughs> NFL player. Go ahead and continue. Right, very, very grateful for you clearing that up. Uh, so well, we're getting hey, an man, NXT. We cover down on our mistakes here. We admit to it. Hey, we have to. We have to. Uh, we're getting an NXT women's tag team title match next week. Uh, Robert Stone Brand versus uh, Shotzi and Ember Moon, which I believe they're at least online calling themselves the Fire Pit. <laughs> uh, does one of so... them have? Does one of them have red hair? No, but Shotzi see where I was going says welcome. That? Yeah, fire crotch. Shotzi fire, uses but, but ball pit. Fire pit could be another term. You know what I mean? It's even more it, yeah, vulgar. Yeah, it's very it's, true. It's like even that more, be more like it's fire even, cave, wouldn't it's a it? Fucking it's a fire pit, bro. My wife, fire fuck, my wife's a, my uh, wife's a redhead. I'm gonna start referring to her fucking vagina as a fire pit. <laughs> I want you to do that and let us know how I'm gonna that goes. say it during sex. I'm gonna be like, damn, baby, this fire pit is so fucking warm. <laughs> I love it. I love everything. I don't I almost talk, think I don't talk to my wife like that during sex. That is how I've ta- I look, I'm gonna be real. That's how I usually talk during sex prior to being like with my wife, who ain't about like being talked to like that during sex. So <laughs> uh next i gotta get back on track next uh we cut to jordan devlin uh showing up outside to cwc if you're playing the home game last week jordan devlin cut a promo saying that just because he couldn't get there didn't mean he was not the proper nxt cruiserweight champion and that all that shit's out of the way and he's gonna be there so we cut to him arriving and when we come back from break, we get Legato del Fantasmo, uh, the tag team version, in action against Rizongo. Of course, they're kind of having their little feud. This was a pretty good match. Uh, of course, Fantasmo gets the win. No offense to Brizongo. Um Escobar, after the match, he was on commentary. He or he was outside. Then he grabs the headset off of one of the commentators. He's talking to the headset. Asking where, uh, where's Devlin? Where's he at? And like, I don't see him. Like, he said he was going to be here. Of course, Devlin's music hits. Uh, comes out to the ring. They kind of promo back and forth. It was actually a really good ex- exchange for both of them. Uh, Escobar challenges him to a match at TakeOver so they can put this to bed and decide who the proper NXT Cruiserweight Champion is. Devlin then headbutts him and suplexes him out of nowhere, leaving him in the ring with a busted open mouth. So it was a pretty cool segment. Uh, but all that's a race when I saw the treat, what the tweet, sorry, from a fan that said, dude has the Roblox head. <laughs> in reference to Jordan Devlin, who I've been trying to figure out since I figured out, since I saw who he was, what his head resembles, and it's totally a Roblox character. Hey, does your does your son fuck with Roblox? Uh, he likes to watch it on like YouTube, and he's just now started playing it on my wife's phone. 
Oh, right on. What's his username? I'll get down with him. Uh, no, I have no, I, I I have a, no idea. My niece loves Roblox. She plays it on her iPad, and when she comes over, I have to like download it on my phone. I had to and create an account so that we can play together. And literally, all I do is just follow her around while she like runs around <laughs> and like I don't know what the fuck you do on this game. I don't know, but she goes and does it, and I just follow her. And I'll be like, yo, you trying to play, like, Mario Party? And she's like, no, Roblox. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, I hate Roblox. <laughs> See, my son's right now really into Luigi's Haunted Mansion on the Switch. So. Ah, oh, nice. Yeah. He, he's he got pretty, like, he likes Roblox, but he, he really, he prefers the Switch or the Xbox over uh, any of them. All right, um, let's see. So next, we're backstage again. Uh, McKenzie is asking uh, Cole if he's worried about what Kyle had to say. And Cole says, no, because I'm going to find him and I'm going to kick his ass. So we're continuing. We're telling stories through the entire night, Mike. It's very good pacing. Uh, let's see. Next we get Zoe Starks versus Dakota Kai. I have in my notes, wow. Um, Kai, of course, gets the win, but they definitely see, which I agree with, something in this Zoe Starks because, man, she's had three matches, the first one being kind of a squash to kind of establish her, and then she fought Io Shirai and Dakota Kai, who is women's champion material in my opinion, and had great matches with both of them. Like, it's 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 nice, man. I'm impressed by her every time I see her in a ring. Uh, Kai and Gonzalez get in her face after they win. And then Io's music hits. She comes to the ring, Mike. Contract in hand for Gonzalez. Full TPE on display, brother. What? Tight pussy energy all over the place. She <laughs> slaps slaps the contract into Gonzalez's chest, says, sign the con." She says, I want you. And my then man says, just said tight. Hold on. My man just said <laughs> tight pussy energy, y'all. Like, that's usually like my shit, like saying something like that. But my man just said flexing that tight pussy energy. Listen, man, oh ever since we came up with God. it. Oh, my God. Ever, it's fucking great, isn't it? Ever since we came up with it, man, I can't like I can't get enough of it, and that's just like how when I see Jay Cargirl, I think of herpes. When I see Io, Io Shirai showing out, all I think is tight pussy energy, man. Tight pussy uh, energy. That's one of our fucking like gems. It's like one yep. of the best things we've ever yep. come up ha with on this fucking show. <laughs> Hashtag TPE. She says, "I want you." She shoves a contract into Gonzalez and says, "Sign it," and walks out and helps Zoe uh, to the back. Uh, full on, if I was a man, you'd be seeing my dick right now. Uh, Regal's being asked about, uh, Devlin and the situation with the NXT Cruiserweight title, and someone from backstage comes and yells, Regal, we need you, there's an emergency. So, again, we're continuing to tell stories. All right. Imperium's in the ring, and getting ready for, I don't, I'm assuming... Uh, which one's the one you like? Oh, uh, talk about uh, my man Marcel. 
Marcel Bartel, right? That's yeah. the one with hair, right? Yeah. Not the bald one. No, not the bald one. Marcel's the one with hair. The, like, the really bald fucking... Bald one's a- Eichner. Yeah. yeah. So, I, Marcel's he the was one going with the against Bartel. Okay. He was going against Bartel. Out of nowhere, as they're doing their ring entrance, Ciampa just comes out of the side of the screen and cracks uh, Eichner with a steel chair in the knee and then throws him over the barricade and then just jumps Bartel. The match starts. Uh, really good match, man. Ciampa gets the win with the Widow's Bell, and he looks looks insane. Like, you know, like the Ciampa we all love, right? So... As after he gets the victory, the lights dim down and Walter's music starts playing, and Walter is in NXT, comes out and chops the soul out of Champa. Oh my God, yes! Finally. Finally. So it looks like we're probably gonna be getting a takeover match with these two. Yes. Yes. And I'm Timothy so Thatcher, in one way, shape, or form, is gonna play a part in this. Clearly, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Thatcher and Ciampa versus like Imperium is going to just be like a group of people beating the shit out of each other. Yep. I hope we get that before TakeOver and TakeOver will get Ciampa and Walter and then we figure out where Timothy Thatcher's allegiance actually lays. Uh, very interesting. I-, I like where they're going with this. Uh, next we cut to outside. Regal is coming on to a, a scene. Uh, police... Kyle in handcuffs and getting put in a cop car. Cole in cuffs sitting on a cop car. Uh, Cole saying that Kyle tried to run him off the road. Cole's yelling obscenities that are getting bleeped out all the entire time. Uh, just kind of arguing. Regal's kind of trying to calm the situation. Later in the show, Regal demands that they both show up next week. So, assuming they're not in jail, so he can try to create a solution to this. So, again, uh, maybe we're going to get an unsanctioned match. Maybe we're going to get a fight pit. But we're going to get some kind of blood feud match between these two. And it's going to be fantastic. Man. NXT is doing a lot of good things. <laughs> a lot of good things. I feel like they're really kicking this I heard this was a slow on. week for NXT. But it seems they were mostly just... Um... Tell uh, building stories, I guess. A hundred percent. This was a story building episode, and it was one of their best story building episodes in a long, long time. Uh, next, we get the in ring debut of L.A. Knight. Uh, he's going against August Gray. Uh, during the match, Bronson Reed comes out with uh, the blue jacket that L.A. has been wearing uh, as his street clothes, the blue leather jacket. Totally pulls a fat guy in a little coat, puts it on, rips the jacket. Uh, does not distract L.A. L.A. still gets the win. Um, pretty solid little debut. They're letting him get a win and then telling a story, so clearly there's a feud there. Uh, the best part of this is I wrote in my notes, he totally fat guyed in a little coat it. And later in the day, Bronson Reed, or it might have been yesterday, Thursday, uh, he tweeted something to that same effect of, Thick boy, as he calls himself, in a little coat. So I felt pretty proud of myself for that one. Uh, <laughs> next, we go into the main event, Mike, the tag title match. Uh, Danny Burch and Oni Lorcan are champions versus the odd couple of Karrion Cross and Finn Balor with Scarlet. Uh, let's see. So at some point very early in the match, uh, 
Birch and Lurkin are trying to do a double suplex across, and he reverses it. And it looks like Danny Birch, like, jumped but didn't get all the way, if that makes sense. Like, didn't jump enough for Cross to help him. And he literally just fell on his head. And he's fucking oh. hurt. Oh. Uh, yeah, it was ugly. Uh, ugly enough that I rewound it, like, three times and rewashed it and cringed each time. Um... Yeah, so you can tell there's a problem. The ref's kind of checking on him. They eventually get him out of the ring. They later on are showing the doctor checking on him, and he's taken out of the match. But eventually, we get to the point where we're on the outside of the ring. Finn, Cross is destroying these two, right? And then Finn gets in, and he's doing okay. But, of course, they get the double teams, and now Finn's, you know, fighting from underneath. Eventually, Finn's on the outside with uh, Oni Lorkin. He does his shotgun drop kick on the outside, and Lorkin bounces around, like, you know, falls outside of the ring, still outside of the ring, but into Scarlet, if that makes sense. Scarlet takes a good flip bump. Uh, Finn goes over to check on her, and Cross didn't see the bump, but saw her laying down, saw Finn over there. And then he comes over and slams Finn's head off the uh, plexiglass in the uh, fencing barricade. Tosses him into the ring where Oni runs in and hits him with his uppercut for the pin. They lose the titles, or they lose, they don't win the titles, obviously. The champions keep the championships. Uh, then Cross comes in and puts a submission on Finn. Scarlet gets in and quote unquote calms him down and he lets him go. And then she leans over Finn and says, I'm okay, Finn. And everything happens for a reason. Uh, I'm sorry. I've read that out of way, out of order. She tells him he's she's okay. Finn stands up, and then Cross hits him with the elbow from behind. Then she comes down to his face on the mat and says, "Everything happens for a reason." As she lays the title across him, uh, and that's exactly what she said at the beginning too, when she was talking about them with the titles. Everything happens for a reason, uh, and then she says, "You can't escape fate." Fantastic way to close the show, Mike. Really good, solid episode of story building in pro wrestling for NXT. Excellent. Sounds like they've uh, really put a lot of thought into what they're doing going into WrestleMania season over there at NXT. It really, really does. Um, You know that I'm usually a supporter of even main roster. But you can't even compare the two builds because there's a few matches here and there that I'm like, yeah, they're doing a pretty good job on, you know, Raw and SmackDown. And then there's a bunch more where I'm like, yeah, no. And then when you compare it to this, it's kind of sad. I know that, like, Mania sells itself, so it's not like you really have to worry about it. But, I mean, I lo- like, I love the investment that NXT puts into it, you know? Yeah, fair. Um, and I mean, that, in my opinion, is why, you know, they might have a smaller fan base, but I think that's why the fan base is more passionate. Uh, Mike, let's take a quick break and then let's come back. And do you want to go right in the dynamite or do we want to catch up a little bit on the, the bombs that we missed? I, I'm sorry, from last week and, and then go in the dynamite. I don't know. We'll see how I feel when we come back. <laughs> Hang tight. We'll be right back. All right, Lord Ketchum, what's your favorite line from a Star Wars movie? Man, why, why you gotta put me on the spot like that, man? No, time? come on, tell me a line from your favorite Star Wars movie. 
Yeah. Quick, quick. Who's it doesn't matter Who's what your favorite line Luke? from a Star Wars movie is. It is. It does. It isn't. Guys, pull over. Well, hey there. We were so busy arguing that we almost passed right by you. Hey, you like movies, don't you? No, wait, wait. You love movies, right? Well, why don't you join me, the Lord Ketchum. And me, Dave King of the Road. And me, the Mayor Matt Logson, every other Tuesday. <laughs> typically every other Tuesday. Yeah, okay, so join us typically every other Tuesday on Nostalgia Highway, the movies you know from the guys you don't, the No Frills Movie Review Podcast. We bring our own unique and in-depth analysis of your and our favorite movies from yesteryear. We may argue. We will f***ing cuss. We absolutely will spoil key scene reveals and plot points. Because we only review movies that are 15 years or older. Typically, we review movies that are 15 years or older. Yeah, typically. Hey, who's making the rules anyway? We better get a move on, fellas. I'm sure there's other hitchhikers that are wandering along the highway waiting for us. You're right. You can catch Nostalgia Highway typically every other Tuesday. On Apple and Google Podcasts. As well as Spotify, Breaker, and where all the other popular podcasts are. But you can also find us on Facebook at Nostalgia Highway Podcast, and our Twitter handle is at HighwayNHP. We'll pick you up next time, out on the highway. Alright, Mike. Your call. It's your show. Look, man. Where you okay. want to start, brother? Look, like, um, so... Last week, I watched... This is fucking wild. All right, so this is like like my last Monday, right? This is how last Monday went for me. I got up last Monday at like 6 a.m. And started watching Revolution, right? I'd avoided spoilers somehow, magically. Um, and I was like, all right, Revolution. So I get up and I get my coffee and my medicine and um I uh I'm watching Revolution and uh I I hate it. I fucking hate it. I mean like I fucking hate it. And uh it's the worst pay per view of the year. Um of like the last year. Not just like this year. Uh, that's too easy, right? Um, it's the worst <laughs> pay-per-view of the last, like, calendar year, the last 12 months, like, whatever the fuck you... It's the worst pay-per-view of 2020, and it wasn't even in 2020. Um, like, straight up, if you enjoyed this, like, I don't... Like, I don't, like... Anyway, we'll get to that. So, um, it gets to the end of the pay-per-view... Like, and I mean, like, I'm right at the end, like, the little fucking, uh, you know, you know, you can tell it's the end when the, the uh, on WWE, you say the little box in the corner that lets you know the show's over. Uh, on, like, right. eight, you know how on every wrestling show there's, like, that thing, you're like, oh, it's the thing. Um, literally, the thing was on, and my phone rang, it was 8.33 a.m., and I was at the end of the show. And, uh, I hit pause and I got a call from my aunt. Uh, my grandmother had passed away. Right. So I, um, I had a lot to say during the pay-per-view, but like as immediately <laughs> as soon as the pay-per-view ended, I mean, like before it had, it was off my TV screen. Um, I just got like this devastating news. So, cause my grandmother is like, it's a fucking saint. She's like one of those families where the grandmother is like, fucking holds it down forever so um 
I was like a mess Monday and Tuesday. I, I go up to like Youngstown. That's where my family lives, the Youngstown area. I go up there um, uh, uh, Monday, done um, there Tuesday. You know, um, I was there all week. But Wednesday, uh, you know, my wife, she had like came up and not with me, but like met later. She had to work. I'm giving too much information. Anyway, Wednesday, I can't, I can't, like, I can't fucking sleep, and I'm a little drunk, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna turn on AEW, and I don't remember much about uh, what happened on last week's AEW, but I do remember um, Kenny Omega's little bit, and I was just oh. like, and I was just like, I have so fucking much to say about AEW this week, and there's no way I could... Like, literally, like, the time we normally record, I was watching my grandmother's urn get put in the fucking ground and buried. So, like, there's no way I could record. And I had so much to say. And I was, like, on so much fire. Like, you know, like, I was I was emotional last week. And I had so fucking much to say. And I was like, you know what, though? You know what, though? The high five and one is coming on the show. I know him and Mike, him and Mike are going to fucking hold it down for me. They're going to fucking hold this shit down for me. And this motherfucker comes on here and he's like, I give it an A minus. This is not a pretty, pretty good show. And I'm like, you guys don't destroy them or anything. And now here we are a week later and I'm kind of fucking over it. Okay, so here, let me, let me give my side of this, right? I love you, AJ. <laughs> AJ can be very long-winded, right? He can, yeah. And, and <laughs> we're all guilty of that. We, uh, we got, as, again, I love you, AJ. As sometimes happens when recording with AJ, we started later than we were supposed to because of issues, right? Yeah. And we were pressed for time, and I knew from already talking to him in messages that he really enjoyed this show. And I just felt like... I'm not gonna get what I was gonna get out of you, out of him. So you're just gonna roll with it. Does that make it. sense? So you're just so gonna I roll just with rolled it. with it. Because that was one of the biggest piles of horse shit I'd ever seen. And I just saw the bomb and I saw clips. Uh I didn't want to be that guy. Cause see, I knew you had seen it. And I was counting on that. You was, know what I mean? That was, aspect of it. It was fucking garbage. Okay, like loyal drive-by <laughs> listeners, I'm back this week. It was fucking garbage. It was fucking garbage. First of all, the whole fucking show was trash as fuck. Like, no one was hitting their fucking spots. All the moves were shit. All respect due to my babe Sheeta, though. Like, she always knocks it out. Um, But, like, it just was fucking, like... Like a garbage ass pay per view, and I'm sorry, but like if you're gonna fucking have a death match, have a fucking death match, man. Don't hit the motherfucker in the stomach with the fucking barbed wire bat. Crack that some bitch over the fucking head if you're gonna death match, fucking death match, fucking death match. <laughs> and then and then the fucking bomb. Oh, and not even like death match. Let's talk about the fucking death match, right? So so let's talk about the. Did you see the fire? The like the uh the one wing angel spot. What it was on okay. to something, correct? So he hits he hits the one wing angel. It doesn't matter what it was on. Um he hits the one wing angel. No one ever kicks out of the one wing angel. That's the fucking gimmick, right? Um right, but right. Mox got his foot up on the rope, which set off 
a fucking explosion, a bomb, a yeah. bomb right? Yeah. Which blew up in the complete, which, like, look, man, we're not trying to hurt anyone, right? Really? Right. It's not, like, a death match, we're not actually trying to kill anyone. But, man, you can't have the bomb go off, like, completely away from his head and firing in the other direction and have Omega act like, 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 I like, I mean, like, oh my god, oh my god, it was like, it was like fucking Warrior Hogan in WCW with the fireball, where you're like, okay, I mean, like, yeah, something blew up, but like, why is, why is he bothered by it? He wasn't even in the fucking general area. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, look, my whole thought, I want to say thought, what I really wanted to say to AJ, and I don't believe I, if I said it on the podcast, correct me because sometimes I forget the things I say. I'll but be what honest, I wanted to say, I was, didn't even finish listening to it. I was like, ah, we're fucking done here. Um, <laughs> what I wanted to say was this: Look, man, when WWE they might they might not be on like have the creative juices flowing all the time. They definitely have some duds. But man, when they say they're going to set a motherfucker on fire, they set a motherfucker on fire. They set a motherfucker on fire. Like, it ain't no joke. Like, Like, and they do it as safely as possible. Like, I don't want anyone to blow up in this bomb, but man, make a bomb. Like, and I don't buy the... I know they said it, they tested it twice and it worked great and it looked great. Look, I believe it was Bully Ray on Busted Open, which I don't listen to, but I had, like, when this happened, I had to hear what people had to say. So I, I listened to that episode of Busted Open, and I believe it was him that said, look, I knew when they didn't move the crowd back that it wasn't going to be good. Right. And that tells me that this explanation, like, even if it didn't work as it was supposed to, which I have to hope is the case, it still wasn't going to be what you saw in Japan. And that's your flaw, because if you're going to do it, you have to do it right. Yes. And that's it. That's it. I'm good with it. You want to move on and go into Dynamite? I'm ready for it, man. Look, (laughs) the last thing I'm going to say is... It actually isn't the last thing I'm going to say. Last thing, next to the last thing I'm going to say is, you can't, there's certain things in wrestling you can't evoke, like, without doing it right. And Deathmatch is one of them. Like, you invoked it. Like, you, like you chose to invoke the word Deathmatch. Like, so, like, you know, man, when you look in the mirror and say Bloody Mary, you know, man, it shows up. Like, come on, like, you, you didn't, you didn't show up, like, um, so, that was a weird analogy, but roll with it, um, and then the other thing I'm gonna say is, um, 69 me, Dawn, 69 me, Dawn, um, bro, man, I thought we were getting the fucking cleaner back, do you remember how excited I was? That the fucking cleaner was back. And he even got bitches yeah. coming out with brooms, singing songs about the cleaner and shit. But, like, the cleaner ain't back. This ain't the fucking cleaner. This is some, like... I don't know. I don't know what the fuck Can I be... I, I know... What I know of Omega 
is from matches you've told me to watch from New Japan, right? Mm-hmm. And my biggest criticism, which you explained to me, was that's just New Japan, man, was the multiple V-trigger, you know. Multiple, the multiple finishing signature moves. moves. Yeah. I, every, move, uh, every finishing move in New Japan is the AA uh, circa uh, 2014 to now <laughs> in WWE. So which like, which okay. is also the crossroads in AEW. Right, right. Well, and, and that's the thing, and I didn't, like, I didn't really see a lot of promo from Omega, a lot of that kind of side of him. It was mostly just from stuff on BTE, which I took as a comedy show, so it didn't really bother me, but, like, I, he's kind of a goof, and I don't really like it. Yeah, the cleaner wasn't like this, man. The cleaner was, like, a fucking borderline psychotic. Like, yeah, like I, it's not clean with me, man. And now I'm starting to wonder, like, what all the hype was about. But yeah, yeah. this isn't this isn't the, yeah this is not the cleaner, man. Definitely not the cleaner. <laughs> so AEW opened with a hot match, the uh, big high profile match. Probably, if um would have I it would have huge implications in the rankings if the rankings meant fuck all. Um. <laughs> so, it's Cody taking on Penta. Uh, this is Fallout from the Face of the Revolution match, yada, 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 which was a fucking... Ah, the, the Face <laughs> of the Revolution grabbed the brass ring, sigh, eye roll, uh, ladder match. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so this was the fallout from that. That's as it will now be referred to. Face of the revolution, grab the brass ring, sigh, eye roll, ladder match. Um, <laughs> I even actually have here in my notes, the crossroads is the AA of AEW. Everyone kicks out of it. Uh, Cody, this, this Cody gets the win with a roll up. Um, Penna attacks him post match, like beats his ass post match. Um, Gun Club and Dustin come out to chase him off. Penta, like, kind of fucking... I love Penta. I fucking love Penta. The way he, like... The next time you watch a Penta match, pay attention to the way he walks in the ring and the way he moves his shoulders and upper body as he walks. There's almost, like, this, like, reptilian, like, feature about him that is, like, kind of, like, mixed in with his swagger. And so he does this, like... It's badass, man. It's one of, like, my favorite character traits about him. But he does his little, like, fucking strut walk around the fucking ring and laughs about hurting Cody. So, um, this obviously is just going to be continued on. Um, I enjoy the fuck out of this match. Uh, honestly, man, surprisingly enough, after all the terrible shit I just said about AEW, this episode right here, <laughs> I'm not going to really have, I don't really have too much bad to say. Um... Uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. So, really excited to see where this feud goes. Big match potential uh, in these. This was a great match, and I think, like, you know, if you capitalize on this and keep progressing, uh, uh, making your one-on-one ma -on -one matches even better, like, dude, like, we're in for, like, a solid pay-per-view match. <laughs> no, not really. We're in for, we're in for a pretty good, uh, a pretty good <laughs> main event match on an AEW 
uh, special Wednesday dynamite in April. Probably be called April Showers. Um, uh, so that's really where it'll show up at. QT Marshall shows up after it's all over. You know, he's been a real fuckboy flake off lately ever since uh, the bunny decided she wanted to be the bunny again. Um, he shows up. The entire Nightmare family's like, where the fuck you been? And he's like, what? I'm here now. Which, like, is a fair point. Because, like, where the fuck were they? Like, like right. you know, like, they didn't stop him from getting his ass whooped. Like, no. <laughs> he, he still, Cody still got his ass whooped. They showed up, brain him off. So what, motherfucker shows up fucking two minutes after everyone else? Like, he's there. He's there. Um, there's a Bucks interview backstage. Don Callis interrupts. Um, he says that they aren't elite anymore. He said, you still do a show called Being the Elite, but are you really elite anymore? And says they're dragging Kenny Omega down. Challenges him to hmm. be a little bit more bloodthirsty. A little bit more elite, you know? The, I have here in my notes. He says, uh, where are the bucks that were in New Japan at? I like that a lot. I have here in my notes. This is just a funny line. It's funny to me that, like, I'm reading this now. Bucks appear to contemplate this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then we have Jade Cargill, uh, Cargill taking on Danny Jordan. Um, that was terrible to me. Um, you know, I actually really like Jade Cargill. I think she's a really good performer. Uh, this is a hell of a squash match. Uh, I My notes, literally. Squash. I like Jade, though. Hell of an athlete. Has real potential in the ring. All the other shit is already on point for her. Like, in ring, I'm not going to say she's Ronda fucking Rousey. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Who? Who? Um, you know, unless you're a fucking, just a hater. Um, I think we could all agree that Ronda Rousey took the pro wrestling, like, in much the same way as Kurt Angle. You know? Right. right. Um, I'm not going to say Jade Cargill's on that. I've only seen her wrestle two matches, but I've been, like, highly impressed with her. I was expecting to be like, well, this chick sucks. Um, I've been highly impressed with both her matches. Her athleticism's on point. Fucking her character. Her character work is fucking amazing. She's got all the nuances down for being an asshole. Uh, she's fucking awesome. So, aside from the fact that maybe occasionally on this show (laughs) we laugh at her about, you know, the likelihood uh, that she has herpes because... You know, her husband, Brandon Phillips, gave herpes to someone I know. Um, but yeah, whatever. Um, let's say the show takes off in two years, Mike, right? Two years, we're like... <laughs> we're like... We're like Conrad Thompson famous, right? Fuck all that. We're like New Age Insiders, right? Uh, I think we could all agree Conrad Thompson is the top of the game all right uh, yeah i think we always more aspired to be a new age insiders type anyway so let's say we're like yeah but i wouldn't turn down that conrad money oh no 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 but i mean i i think we were realistic uh, right uh so let's say like in two years like we get to some level like that we're gonna get fucking canceled Cancel culture's gonna <laughs> fucking eviscerate us, man. And it's gonna be because of me. Dude, my cousin this week was like, 
So we turned on your podcast the other day in the car. The kids found out you had a podcast and they wanted to hear it. And I was like, oh, no, you didn't, did you? And she was like, yep, put it on in the car. Yep, turned it on right in the car with all the kids in the car. And pretty quickly turned it right back off. And I was like, yeah, dude, you can't, like, you can't listen to me with kids in the car, like, at all. And then my other cousin's husband found out. He was like, hey, man, I just found out you do a wrestling podcast. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, dude. Up until we had kids, and even until, like, the first one the was, first one was, like, one or two, I was still getting together with my buddies every month for the pay-per-views and watching, and watching wrestling. And I was like, word, dude, you've been married to my cousin for, like, six years. How am I just now finding out that you're cool like the other one's husband is? Um, and so then we talked about wrestling, and I was like, he was like, yeah, we turned it on in the car with the kids. And I was like, oh, not you too. And he was like, yeah, no, we shut it off. And I was like, yeah, man, uh, your wife and her sister said that I should, this is what they said. They were like, you should quit swearing and clean it up and then kids will listen to it and you'll get like a bigger audience. And I was like, but I don't want to do a podcast for kids. And she was like, but you'll get a bigger <laughs> audience. And I was like, I don't give a fuck about our bigger audience. If I can't swear and say like weird dick shit, what's it all for? What is the point of it all? And so I told him that, and he was like, no, man, this is like the perfect podcast for people in their 30s that just like to say fucking pussy all the time and watch wrestling. And I was like, fucking A, that's what I thought. So the pinnacle is the name of MJF's <laughs> new faction. Um, uh, this whole fucking segment was dope um nice mjf and tolly fucking killed it on the mic tolly fucking especially killed it on the fucking mic um i'm very excited to see what this faction does uh i have in my notes peck joke lol and i remember when i wrote it i was like you'll remember what this is about i don't remember what this is about um Someone made a joke about pecs. It was funny. Uh, okay, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so, anyway, so this faction. Uh, so, the Inner Circle's officially, like, a face faction now, right? I'm, yeah, I mean, that's what we talked about last week. They have to be the faces, right? Yeah, I don't know. I quit listening, remember? Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh... So, that's cool. They've been on a transition for a while now. So, um, I don't know. Cool. I just think it's a, the pinnacle also. What a great name. Uh, I like that name. And I saw uh, on the internet, someone was like, oh, this group's dope except for Sean Spears. And I was like, fuck <laughs> you, you fucking <laughs> cock smoker. This group's dope because of Sean Spears. Get uh, that's the fuck right. out but of here. I will, I will say, of this group, if there's one member who's probably going to be the one that gets, you know, screwed over by the rest of the team, it's probably him. Like, if they ever do that, that'll probably be where we go. Uh, I think it'll end probably with the MJF face turn. 
I don't know that he could be a face. They're gonna try it. He's too They're popular. They're gonna try man. it. He's too fucking popular. Yeah, but man, he just has that kind of. Bro, he just has you to. You just want to smack nah, him? Nah, he just has to keep doing the same gimmick, except like. Be do shitty. Do it to the heels. Do it to the heels. That's it. Same gimmick, yeah, except maybe. do it to the heels. Same gimmick. Maybe. You might be right. Um. Anyway, Jurassic Express and fucking Bear Country took on Matt Hardy, Private Party, The Butcher and the Blade. Uh, Butcher and the Blade are now part of, I don't know, Matt Hardy Enterprises. I don't, that's not what they're calling themselves. That's just what so I are, just said just now. Are they all, are they all heels now? Private Party, Butcher and the Blade, Matt Hardy? Yeah. Yeah. Huh, okay. Yeah, Butcher and the Blade have always been heels. I knew that. I knew they were. I should have rephrased that. Yeah, private party. Uh, I thought heel private guys. party was a babyface team, and they were their heels now. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, this match was, eh, you know, there was too much going on. Um, the major story from the match was that Jurassic Express and Bear Country couldn't get cohesive and kept like accidentally kicking each other in the face and shit. So they had, like, some words during and after the match. No, like, coming to blows, but, you know, they didn't exactly get along. Uh, like I said, eh, eh. Matt Hardy picks up the win. I believe he pinned Marco Stunt, as he should have. Uh, Marco <laughs> Stunt. Sorry, Marco Stunt should take the pin in every match that he's ever in. Well, yeah. Like, literally every Then match. they decide he's a liability and they throw him out in the dumpster and leave him there? Like that time that Braun Strowman was just throwing people in dumpsters and dragging them around. Exactly like that time Braun Strowman threw Kalisto in a dumpster. Mm-hmm. Bro, remember that time that he was dragging uh, Kalisto outside? They were like, "Where are you doing?" He was like, "I'm taking this with me." And it was like, "Damn!" <laughs> I do remember that. Braun Strowman going to take this dude home and rape him. Why is that always a lot my go-to, man? Why is that always my go-to? Moy's like, oh, he's just because they heavily apply it. Because they fucking heavily it, apply it in WWE. Yep, it's heavily First applied. of all, let's yep. not remember the time Heidenreich full blown raped Michael Cole. <laughs> There's that. There's a lot of heavily implied rape, like man on man rape. It's like goddamn episode of Oz up in here. Um. <laughs> I'm so super not interested in anything Matt Hardy does right now. Also, by the way. And when you team Private Party up and they became fucking heels, it all just, like, became so fucking uninteresting to me. Like, I lost all interest in Private Party at that point, too. Um, fuck. Like, I'm just not into this at all, man. Not into this at all. You know the worst part about a Jurassic Express match, Mike? Marco Stunt? No. I'll tell you what it is. Oh, 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 The worst fucking part of it. So Mox and Kingston do a fucking promo. These two have fucking great chemistry together, man. I'm not even a fan of either of these guys' styles on the microphone. Mostly because... um. I wasn't a fan of Dean Ambrose's style on the microphone, so why the fuck 
what I like, whatever this version of John Moxley's shit is, because it's just Dean Ambrose and death matches. And um, uh, Eddie Kingston, yeah. But this was fucking good. This was enjoyable. This was fucking solid. These guys got great chemistry. They play off of each other really fucking well. This is fucking. This is some good shit, man. This is some good shit. It wasn't like Vince McMahon good shit, but it was good shit. Christian interviewed <laughs> after that. Um, he didn't really like say much. He said he's here to cement his legacy. Okay, champ. Um, <laughs> all right. Sure, it'll get done here. This is definitely the place to do that in. Cool. Um, the legacy's already cemented, Chris. Like, what is it? Like, what's he gonna do here? Well, fuck, man. He's a former WWE guy. They'll probably put the title on him. Yeah, I mean, I. Yeah, but like, is Christian Cage at forty-seven the one to dethrone Kenny Omega? No, and here's the thing: uh, he's not gonna win the fucking title. That was more of a joke. He's not gonna win the fucking AEW title, right? Let's be real. Listen, dude, nothing would surprise me. I know, I get you, but like, I, I, okay, realistically, I don't think he's gonna win the AEW title. Um. There's nothing he's going to do here that's going to cement his legacy any more than anyone else. And what the fuck is this outwork everyone gimmick? I like... Christian's a fucking good hand. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, when the fuck has anyone accused him of being... Like, the hardest worker in the building? And I'm not saying he's not a great worker! You know what I mean? But, like, I feel like this is, like, if if Dean Malenko walked out, like, debuted in WWE, and that was some shit he was saying, you'd be like, God damn right, it's Dean fucking Malenko. Right? Like, uh, if, if, if fucking Kenny Omega wore that shirt, it'd be believable. If Pac, like, I just, like, I don't know, I've just never thought a Christian is, like, listen, one of the I'll top say this. Workers. He's I'll a say this. great fucking wrestler, but I just never. And is that me? Am I blind to that? No, I. This is this is kind of what we discussed. Maybe you didn't get to that part. Yeah, uh, within the business, you hear tons of you know guys, his guys, or uh, got like coworkers, the boys, whatever you want to call them praise Christian and say that he is one of the absolute best uh, workers in the business. It's said all the time. But (sighs) he's not Edge, man. Like, and he was teamed with Edge and he's best with Edge because as we say all the time, as much as you can go, if you aren't he does like Christian to me is better playing off of someone. That's why him and edge worked and edge was the star of that team. I'm sorry. He just was. And that's where we are. So when he's by himself, I, yeah, you can go, man, you can go, but you just don't have that next notch in the, do I want to say charisma aspect of it? Even though he's captain charisma, like, is that insulting? It's just how I see it, man. 
Okay. That's bigger. That's how I that's how I've all like I'm saying, like I like Christian. Always yeah, me been, too. Always been a fan. But like I just have never thought of him as this and you're right, everyone has always mentioned him as like a great worker, top worker. And I guess like it's more um probably like the intangibles that you don't really notice watching a match, man. Right. Right. Probably snub. Probably never hurt anyone shit like that right um hey how about uh the new age insider saying everyone in wwe right now is bret hart (laughs) (laughs) and i loved it everybody there can wrestle really good but they're all just kind of like boring Um, so the Good Brothers, uh, took on Mox and Kingston. Mox and Kingston really wanted some fucking payback. Mox gets the pin on Carl Anderson. There's a beatdown post-match on Mox and Kingston. Omega comes out. Uh, you know, beatdown. Um, the Bucks come out. They want too sweet. Uh, they leave the ring. Another decent segment. Furthers uh, a couple stories in place there. What's going on with Mox and Kingston against the Good Brothers? Uh, we're going to see a little bit more Kenny Omega. What's happening with uh, the Young Bucks? What's going on there? Uh, I, I liked this segment. This was a good segment. Um, Sting and Darby interview. Here's another thing that brings me back to uh, Revolution. And this is just where I'm at. This is where I'm at with, with something that's been going on in wrestling lately. Cinematic matches are dog shit. Every single one of them that I've ever watched has been dog shit. I've tried to convince myself they weren't dog shit and appreciate them outside of something, but they're not. Every cinematic match is fucking dog shit, and I hate them. And I don't ever want to see another one, but they ain't going nowhere. Um, So Sting and Darby Allin have an interview. They're interrupted by Lance Archer. He wants a TNT title. Uh... Duh, of course. Everybody wants the TNT title. It's the most important title in the fucking company. So, um... <laughs> the, I, I, it's like, yeah, this is a cool segment, I guess. Um, not really, but I guess. Um, uh, I'm not enjoying Sting and Darby Allen. That's mostly, I just don't enjoy Darby Allen. Um, I don't feel like, I don't know. I just don't... His gimmick does nothing for me, man. His gimmick to me does exactly the same for me as fucking Aleister Black's did. Like, it just, there's nothing there for me. Um, Phoenix, uh, versus, Ray Phoenix took on, uh, Angelico. I still fucking hate this guy. I still fucking hate this guy. I love his in-ring style. I fucking hate everything else about him i hate the fucking tights i fucking hate the dancing i hate the entrance gear i i fucking i fucking hate uh that's pretty much it do i hate the way he looks i might i don't know i might hate the way he looks i don't know also on AEW's facebook page the other day i was reading through the comments they were talking about like uh it was uh for like um i don't know but anyway the hybrid two <laughs> were mentioning it. it was like a tag team Thing. There was like pictures of tag teams and the hybrid two mentioned in it. And there's every, every comment and like dude, the hybrid two were in the fucking comment section 
arguing with people that were like, these guys suck. No, they weren't. They fucking were. <sighs> yes. So, Phoenix uh, took on Angelico. This was a really good match, man. I really enjoyed this match. This was a really good match. Um, I highly recommend watching it. I don't know highly recommend watching it, but I recommend watching it. This is a really fun match. I totally dig everything Ray Phoenix does. As I've said, I hate everything about Angelico, but I love him in the ring. And that leads us into uh, what everyone's talking about this week, Mike. Yes, it did. I watched the whole thing. Well, I mean, this match. Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa and the lights out. False count anywhere, no DQ match. What did you think? Uh-uh, you first. Okay. Um, <laughs> here is my only real problem with this match. And it's the same problem I had with um, Moxley and Omega. And it's that okay. you can't nerf your hard bumps. If you're going to hard bump, you need a fucking hard bump. Don't fucking give me a fucking second rope Death Valley driver onto the fucking ladder. But like you kind of like land first and then drop her onto the ladder. And it's like a real easy drop onto the ladder. Um, mm -hmm. Everything was nerfed just a bit on the hard bumps. Not just a bit, but like noticeably. And this I is what, it was a little sloppy too. This is one of those things where it's like, and I'll even forgive some sloppiness in a match like this, right? To me, that's part of the story, man. This is a no DQ. Well, Shit's going to get a little sloppy. Yeah, hold on, though. Let me defend that comment because I didn't really think of it. I think it was sloppy. Like, you just made me realize it. I think what was sloppy was because of what you just said. Yeah. They nerfed all the, like, the hard bumps, man. Like, you can't. You can't nerf your hard bumps. Like, you just fucking Which can't. I actually think kind of makes it more dangerous. Yeah, that's true. And don't get me wrong, some of them, like Britt Baker getting her fucking face, or her hands up in front of the ladder. Baby doll. Right. Please get your hands up in front of your fucking face. Right? Right, right. right. Please do. But, like, y'all can't just be dropping people on, like, like, the shot to Reba that Thunder Rosa gave her with the uh, the crutch. Mm -hmm. Look, if you're going to hit a motherfucker with a crutch, you got to hit a motherfucker with a crutch. Okay? Well, that was the other thing, too. It started the same way with Reba hitting Thunder Rosa like she wanted to just say, hey, I'm right here with this yes. crutch. Yes. Like, you got to fucking do it, man. Like, you got to lay it in. Like, it is what it is. It's You signed up for this. But other than that, um, uh, when is Britt Baker going to be rewarded for what the fuck she keeps putting in? I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. And overall, man, I, your opinion, if you were doing a Dave Meltzer five-star rating, like, what would you have rated this match? 
Two and a half stars. Two and a half. Okay. Yeah, but that doesn't yeah, mean like it was. It was. It was like I maybe three, three probably three because I I like two and a half average out of five. Right, that's dead middle average. Um, yeah. I I I didn't not enjoy watching the match. Like okay. I I, I enjoyed well, watching the match, but like there's parts of it that just made it less enjoyable to me. So I'd say it was an above average match. Okay, well let me let me say my my rating before I go into what I didn't like about it. Uh I'd probably give it a three and a half to all probably a three point seven five or three and three fourths, whatever Dave does. Yeah. Uh because of what they were willing to put themselves through. Mostly Brit. Here, I I already gave you, it started out with a very poor, uh, I always said crotch shot, crutch shot. Uh, but maybe I don't even want to get into this part of it yet. Because I have another thing that I want to do with this. Ah, fuck it, I'll just go and then we'll catch up on it. It felt like everything was just trading big spots. Mm-hmm. All right, that's fair. I'm being yeah. told this is one of the greatest matches, women's matches ever, and in my non-in-the-business fan opinion, there was a zero psychology to this match. It was, I'm going to do a big bump to you, you're going to do a big bump to me, we're going to go over here, we're going to use this table, we're going to go over here, we're going to use this ladder, and we're going to take turns hurting each other. That's 100% accurate. And that was accurate. it. That's 100% accurate. I, I actually, I was talking to one of, a buddy of mine about this, and I actually said, I know this is going to come off on the recording today, and I feel like I almost need to try to carve time out to rewatch this match, because maybe I just didn't see what everyone else saw. But if you're confirming it, that's how I saw it. Dude, I literally watched that's it, right, how I saw it right before this. Right before we recorded. I watched it's it. It's like, I, I put... Right, put the the skip right to it. Started the match. I was messing on my phone when they were doing their little, you know, we're talking about the card next week. And, and then I put my phone down. I laid in my bed and I watched this match. So like I know I didn't miss anything, but that's how it felt to me. No, so, I agree with you. There there was no like psychology to it. It was spot after all right. spot. All right. So I guess overall. <clears throat> Uh, seems like it was a pretty good show, Dynamite, right? Yeah. Okay, so let's wrap up with this. <laughs> Remember when we used to do a little segment back in the day, Mike? Well, we've done a lot of segments that we used to do. Remember our favorite segment where generally one of our favorite wrestling personalities would come up? Oh, yes. Big fan of that one. Segment was called Who Said Something Dumb? And I'm starting to think maybe we need to carve a little bit of more time out for this segment, Mike. But here we go. This is from Wrestling Observer Radio. Uh, first, I will tell you that Dave uh, started this match at 4.75. Uh, okay. Or 4 and 3 fourths. However he grades it. So almost a five-star match. I'm not shocked by this. Uh, yeah. Quote. Baker and Rosa had one of the best women's matches in American pro wrestling history. 
It did more for wrestling worldwide than any event in the last 20 years. People always write me asking me where's the next Brett vs. Austin. Well, you have your answer. Incredible stuff. What? <sighs> Mike. My absolute, and I'm starting to wonder, it's not a cop-out answer, because it is. And I know a lot of people, and I don't, it's not a cop-out, because it, it really is one of the best pro wrestling matches ever. But my favorite pro wrestling match is Bret Hart, Stone Cold Steve Austin, I Quit, WrestleMania 13. Same. Same. My favorite match of because all time. Because it's brutal, there's psychology, there's... <sighs> There's storytelling and psychology. I'll say it again. We got the... Like, Meltzer's literally comparing Brit's bloody face to Stone Cold's bloody face. And I'm sorry. I know that Stone Cold and Brett kind of went into business for themselves on that. They were told not to get color and they got color, right? Mm -hmm. Am I correct on that? I yeah, believe that was part of it, right? Pretty sure. Okay. Uh... And I know that they planned that spot themselves, but if you're going to tell me that this wasn't the thought from the get-go for this match, like, that they wanted to recreate it, the fact that, and I know this was pre-taped, but the fact that literally minutes after this match ended, Pro Wrestling Tees had a bloody face Britt Baker shirt on sale. You can't force moments, Mike. And... You also can't pretend like this was... Like, I've heard people literally saying this is better than Sasha Bailey at TakeOver. It's not! I heard... I, I saw Meltzer say that the only thing that even comes close is Charlotte Sasha on Raw in the I Quit match, which was, uh, in my opinion, probably right behind Sasha Bailey TakeOver. And this isn't that either. I'm sorry, it's not. It wasn't. It was good. I enjoyed it. I don't want to tear it down. I think these ladies put a lot on the line to put this match on for everyone. And I think it was a very fun match and I enjoyed all of it. But I can critique it and there's things that needed critiqued in this match. And, again, you can't force a moment. You can't make Darby Allen and force him to be fucking Sting, and you can't force Blood from a Stone, Stone Cold moment with Britt Baker just because you want to. You can't. And let's not even get started, me started, on comparing this to Becky Lynch's bloody face that was 100% unplanned, that made her who the fuck she is. But that didn't do anything for pro wrestling or women's pro wrestling, did it, Mike? No, that certainly did nothing for women's pro wrestling. Like, what the literal fuck is Dave Meltzer smoking? The biggest star like, in wrestling, I... for the first time ever, became a woman. Yeah, right? And, and, like, and this match was bigger than that. Like, and I know that that was a moment, not a match, but wrestling isn't about matches. I hate to tell you, it's not. It's about moments, man. It's about emotion and feelings. And I'm sorry, this was great. And if you felt a way about it, cool. You had that right. But man, to say that this was the, like, 
did more in 20 years for pro wrestling than anything? Take the AEW penis out of your mouth and talk a little clearer, Dave, because you're making no fucking sense. That's one of the dumbest things he's ever said. And that's impressive. Yes. Mike, you have anything else that you want to add to this conversation today? No. No. Uh -uh. (laughs) Unbelievable. Uh, Oh, just real fast. Go check out on YouTube Luciferian Rights. Not Luciferian Rights. Luciferian Rights. Dope thing. Absolutely. 100% guarantee you'll enjoy it. Somebody that posts on our Facebook page should probably put a link up. He has. Again. Okay. I'll link it on our <laughs> Facebook page. Oh, man. And I... Look. Mad props to Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker. Great fucking I think match, they did. But, like... It just... I know you wanted me to be emotionally invested, but I just couldn't. Right. And, again... They put their body on the line... More than they're typically asked to. Uh, Britt Baker taking thumbtacks multiple times. Ugh. Uh, awesome for you, man. Uh, well, woman, whatever. Uh, you look like a badass. And you are still my favorite wrestler in that promotion. Thunder Rosa, who isn't in that promotion, is my second favorite wrestler in that promotion. Figure that shit out. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I mean, I enjoyed it. I would probably rewatch it. But it's not Austin Brett. I'm sorry. And it's not even Becky Lynch getting punched in the face by Nia Jax. It just isn't. Not at fucking all. Not at fucking all. Guys, I say it every week. It's been real. It's been fun. We will catch you next time. Guys are beautiful. We love you. Have a great week. New episodes of Drive-By drop every Saturday on iTunes, Spotify, and the iHeartRadio app. Subscribe and make sure you never miss a single one. And keep the conversation going on Facebook at Drive-By Pod. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. This has been a presentation of the Near Fall Network.